Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio. We are broadcasting live on jrootradio.com a week before Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet. Okay, first let's give you the number, 718-683-5858. That's the number to the studio. You could call in towards the end of the class. Today, we are excited. You know why we're excited? Because, like we said last week, last week we almost finished Sukhot Mukseh. I believe today we will be finishing the Halachot of Mukseh, Bazat Hashem. It's going to be very, very exciting from the Ben Yishai. And we're going to make a Lachaim at the end, Bazat Hashem. And we'll talk about what we're going to do next. The number to text in is 347-927-8398. We have one more halakha to bring up, to discuss. That's the halakha of basis le-dabar ha-asur ve-mutar. We'll explain everything soon. But I just want to make a very, very, very quick announcement. And the announcement is as follows. Halakhot um, books are not easy. They're very complicated. I know some people are a little bit tired of it. They hear constantly halakhot books sounds repetitious. Those who are following really a long time, the whole along the whole time, really will see that it's really not repetitious at all. There's a lot, a lot of detail, but we tried as much as we can here on the halakha hour to try to organize it, to try as much that we could um, make it simple in a way that you'll be able to understand what to do on Shabbat. That's the important thing at the end of the day. It's not that you just know the knowledge, but you know how to act. Halakhot Shabbat are you know, more than anything else, you can't ask, really. A lot of times, a lot of things that come up on Shabbat come up in your house and you need to know how to act. You can't text a rabbi, what beracha? You know, that's, you need to know on Shabbat. During the week, you can text him, rabbi, what do you make over here? What beracha? You call up the rabbi, what do you do? Shabbat, especially in the mukseh, which, like we said, comes up more than any other area of Hukot Shabbat, a person needs to know what to do and how to size up the situation exactly what the situation is and what it's what is required. So therefore, therefore, we spent a lot of time on the Halchot Mukse. The happy announcement, besides that we're finishing today, the happy announcement is that we are planning to make an MP3 CD. The reason why an MP3, we want to fit it all on one CD. All the classes specifically on Halchot Mukse, a little bit edited because some of the classes did not go clear. We came the next week and we clarified it. So we want to put them all on one CD, the It's around 20 classes. Not sure exactly. I, we didn't go through it yet. And we are making an, a, an email for those who are interested in the class. We, if uh, anybody's interested in that CD, actually, for all the classes on the email us. Um, I don't have exactly, I don't know if the email went through yet, if the, it was set up yet, so I can't tell you the exact email yet. But it's going to be something along halakhaourjradio.com. We don't have it exactly yet. But in any case, we are offering the CD. We ask also that, you know, the JRoot radio station that is helping us teach Torah and spread the wisdom of Torah uh, could use a lot of the money, could use a lot of our help in general. So therefore, with a donation of $26 to JRoot Radio, we will send you the CD. We'll mail it to your house if you want to come pick it up. Really would love to give it out for free even. Just want to give a little bit, you know, an incentive for people to give to this wonderful, wonderful organization and worthy cause. And that's why, you know, with a little bit of help, it could go for Maaseh. The CD is a gift. It's a pure matana. And you give a little bit of your Maaseh towards the station. We'll send you one gladly and happily. Now, we want to come back now. We are talking about halakhot of the basis le-dabar ha-asur mutar It's the last halakha that we're going to be talking or go through in the Benish Hayyad. Benish Hayyad, Parashat Vayigash, Halakha Yud Bet. In short, we're going to review just what we did very quickly of the laws of Basis. The laws of Basis in Mukseh teach us that if you have an item that's not Mukseh at all, not Mukseh, it's a Kalish Mechto Leheter, and then what happens is that this Kalish Mechto Leheter ends up with a mukse item on top of it, such as mukse Mahmad Gufo, like the Masha we've been giving money in a bowl. The bowl is Klish Mahtol Heter. And then you have money which is mukse Mahmad Gufo in it. The Kli, the bowl itself, becomes transformed into the into a mukse Mahmad Gufo, like the money. The bowl, as far as mukse status, becomes like the money. This could also be true even when the money somehow falls off of the bowl. 
when we set the conditions last week, if it's placed on purpose by the owner, if with the intention that it should be there for the coming of Shabbat, that is the way you make you transform the ball into Muqsim Ahmad Gufar for that entire Shabbat, even when the money comes off. In a case where it was not placed on purpose, or it was not placed that it should be there for Shabbat, or the, the, the person forgot it there, it happens to end up there, all these cases, the ball will be like the money as long as the money's in it. But if you need the ball itself, you could check out the money, you could use the ball forever you like, or, or if the money somehow falls off or somebody t- picks up the money off the ball, then that ball becomes back to its original status of Klisum Nachto Lehetir. Now, Basics the Debar Vehetir is along the same lines that we just spoke about. The only thing is, the ball now contains something mutar and something that's mukseh. So let's go through the first in the Benish High. Let's just finish the words. And then, Mazat Hashem will bring up all the different opinions that are on the subject. And then we'll hopefully summarize, clarify. And then hopefully the last maybe 20 minutes of the class, we are going to bring up some special cases. Some cases that have happened to me, some cases where people have asked about it. Cases basically that get us thinking, reviewing all of the halachot of Mukseh, putting it, you know, compacting it all into basically one big review in a, few, in a little bit of time that we will have left. Let's go. You have a box. It has things inside of it that are Dabar Mutar. You have a box where you store things in there. And you have inside of it a kippah, you have tzitzit, you have uh, your socks, okay? And guess what? You also put money in the same box. This could be like a drawer in the, in the, on, on the dresser. It could be a drawer on your desk. Now, the halakha tells us like this. This box that contains your socks, it contains your tzitzit and kippah, all which are klish b'achtol lehetir, and also contains the money, which is Muqsem Muhammad Gufo. This box is known in halakha as basis le'dabara asur v'hamutar. The box is a basis, it's, it's holding that which is forbidden, which is the money, it's holding which is mutar, your socks and your, so- and your kippah. So what's the status now of the box itself? Lacha says, we go by what's more important to you. What is more important to you right now? Is it the money or is it your socks? If it's a lot of money, for example, you have a stack, you just got paid, ooh, Friday payday, and you came home and you took your stack of uh, hundreds of your teenager, your stack of fives, you know, and you put in, let's say you have about of money. It doesn't have to be that number. It's whatever is important to you. You put in that box. So you tell me now what's more important to you. Even though you can't use it on Shabbat. But what's more important to you now? If the money is more important to you, then we say that the box is basis. It has a status of basis. Which means even if the money is removed and there's only socks now inside since the money was placed in there that should be there for Shabbat, and you wanted it to be there for Shabbat, so therefore, the halakha tells us that the box also becomes a basis. Although, even though, excuse me, even though the socks are also there. Vehuadin says the Benish the same would apply in Mahashibuta If both of them are equal, they're of equal importance, the socks and the money. For example, you have... Seven pairs of socks, and you have also $50. What's more important to you? More important to you? No, not really. The $50 right now is not more important to me. Uh, You could care less. It's a little bit, you know, it's not so important to you right now on Shabbat. By the way, as a side point, Ramoshe finds in the Grot Moshe says, when we come to define what's more important to you, we don't say what's more important to you in general. Of course, everybody will take the money over the socks. $50 over seven pairs of socks, I'll get, you know, 50 pairs of socks for $50. Now, question is, what's more important to you now on Shabbat? Again, keep in mind, even though I may not be using the mukseh, it could still be that the money is more important to me. It's more hashub. It's, uh, I care about it now that nothing should happen to it. So that's how we judge it. Now, you know, it's, it's what's more important to you at that moment, it could be different moments of Shabbat, something else we want to do. For example, if you don't care about the socks, you're not using the socks. So you can care less about the money or the socks. So in that case, 
the money will have more importance of a, uh, it will be more important for you. So then the basis follows what's more important to you. That moment when we're coming to judge the case. Says over here the halakha. Now, if the item that's mukseh is more important than the item that's mukseh in our mashal, the money is more important than your socks. So then, the box which is holding containing which is uh, holding the money and the socks, the box is a basis. We follows the money, and has all the laws of basis that remains mukseh like the money throughout the entire Shabbat. However, the socks are more important. Nobody disagrees. If the socks are more important. Then although it has money, but since it's a basis, mutar, so we give it the status of a basis, which means it's not fully mukseh. We'll talk about what you have to do with that box later on. But if somehow the money ends up out of the box sometime on Shabbat, the box is completely, completely mutar. It's a klish makto leheter, like it used to be. What about if they're both equal? the socks and the money are equal value to you or of equal importance to you at that moment on Shabbat. So in that case, most Ahronim, like the Ben Ishai over here, Mishnah Bira, Ben Ishai, Kafa Hayim, Minuhat Ahaba, they all hold that the item, the box, is also Asur because it's important. The money is also important to you. So it becomes a basis, even though they're of equal value. Hakam Abadiyah does bring a list of Ahronim and some Diyukim from others that if the box is a basis and both the Mukseh and non-Mukseh inside the box are of equal importance to you, now those who hold that it's going to be a Klish Blachtol Leheter. There's such opinions out there, but he himself concludes, Hamekel Yesh Lo Amal Smuch. Who are those who are leaning? They have what to rely on. Sounds like a lesson of a diabad. Especially when you have a lot of the main ahronim the other way. And when they hold that, no, if it's equal value, it will be a basis, it will be forbidden. Now, you have to keep a few things in mind when it comes to the halakha of basis of the asur. Let me give you first a few examples that we should know what we're talking about. You have a drawer in your house, and in that drawer, you have all the electronical equipment in there. You put your phone, you put your, your your wires, your cables, everything. So that's that drawer itself, since it's made to hold all these items, it's made to hold your cell phone, it's made to put your money in there, all the mukseh. That drawer is mukseh, you can't pull it out. It's a basis, it's about asur. If you have, if another person has a drawer in this dresser, and he opens up the drawer, and he sees the inside of it, what was there? Usually this place is supposed to be where his undershirts are. He sees that he put his money, you know, he remembers Arab Shabbos, he put his money right before Shabbat. He forgot and he put his money right there in that drawer. So that case, the drawer will never become a basis because you forgot about it. You didn't want thinking. That's what we said. The Beit Yosef holds over here that since you didn't want it to be there for Shabbat, you forgot. You just happened to place it there. The drawer, even if there was nothing else except for the money, the drawer is not mukseh. We're talking about a case where a person has a drawer that he uses for all types of things. He puts money inside, he puts a cell phone inside, both which are mukseh, but he also puts other things that are not mukseh inside that drawer. He puts other valuable things that he has, like his weekday kippah, his tzitzit, his, um, I don't know, his ties in there. So it contains things that are both important to you and not important to you. So now in Shabbat, you want to open the drawer and take out the tie. So that's what's basis about Hasur. We tell you, Mr. or Mrs., or miss, am I covering everybody? Okay, good. So now, what is more important to you right now? That which is mukseh, or that which is not mukseh? And that's how you're going to determine the status of your drawer. If your drawer is, if what's more important to you is mukseh, the money, your cell phone, even though your ties are also there. No, that's it. Now, your drawer is mukseh. But if your tie is more important, your socks are more important, then the money right now. So then your drawer is not mukseh because it's basis the barha asur umutar. We have a few points to point out over here. Number one is that the item in question here, which is the drawer in our case, has to be something that's made to hold the isur and hetir together. You can't just take something that's made completely for isur and then chuck something in there and say, oh, look, look, it's holding something together. I'll give you an example. Maran, 
is about Nesh Ein Tet Halacha Gimel. He talks about candles and candlesticks. So he's talking about a case where you have candlesticks or a bowl that's usually made to light inside of it candles, okay? And in this bowl, which is usually made to hold up the flame, the flame is mukseh. That's what Gemara says. A flame, a fire, a real fire flame is mukseh mahmat gufo. So when you have a case of a bowl and you lit uh, inside the bowl, you lit the, you know, the candle inside of it, and now the flame came into Shabbat on the bowl. So the bowl, which is a base for the oil, the oil is holding up the wick, the wick is holding up the fire. Everything over there is made for the fire. That whole bowl becomes mukseh throughout the entire Shabbat, even when the flame shuts off. This is true for Ashkenazim and Saladim as well. Nobody argues on this. Why? Because the flame came into Shabbat as mukseh, and the bowl came in holding, and it's meant to hold the flame. So over there, Maran says, you can't say, you know, I'm going to take, he says, some people make a mistake. They take a piece of bread, and they put the piece of bread on the bowl or on the candlesticks. So this way, before Shabbat, before Shabbat, they put the bread over there. So this way, when Shabbat comes in, they say, look, the bowl, which usually is holding the oil and the fire, which is usually supposed to be mukseh. No, it's about Caesar, about Asur Mutar. It's holding up the mukseh, the flame. It's also holding up the piece of bread. Yeah, but that bowl is not meant for bread. You're barely trying to balance out the bread on top of that bowl. It's not meant for that. So therefore, Moran says in such a case, it doesn't work. The bread does not remove or does not change the status of the basis. It's not meant to be there, even though the bread might be more important to you on Shabbat because all you have is leftover oil and some burnt wicks. doesn't make a difference. It bread is it's not a place for the bread. Not like the case of the drawer. The case of the drawer is a case where it's meant to hold your cell phone and your ties. It's meant to hold your money and your socks. So that's why it's a basis, the bad hasul mutar. Candlesticks is not a place where you put bread or pieces of bread. <coughs> a, a bowl that you light inside of it is meant to hold a flame and the olive oil. It's not meant to hold the bread. So therefore, it will not become a basis unless the basis itself is meant for both. Next. In the case where I have basis, the halakha tells me that since the mutar is more important to me than the, than the isur, I'm allowed to move them together. I'm allowed to pick them up together. I'm allowed to move it. But I'm not allowed to pick them up and move them wherever I want. If it's possible, again, I stress, if it's possible, I must try to first remove the mukseh, shake it off of the basis, and this way I can carry only the heter. For example, I'll give you an example of what the Gemara brings. A person has a basket of fruits and there's a stone inside of it. The stone was placed that it should be there also on Shabbat. But now the basket is containing the fruits and the stone. The stone is Mukseh Muhammad Gufo. The fruits are Ochel. Ochel is not even Mukseh. It's not even Klishachdolater. It's never Mukseh. And now you have the basket. What is the status of the basket? Usually it will be Klishachdolater. But now that's here holding the stone, does it become like the stone, the Basis, the Dabara Asur? Or to the fruits? We come back to you and we ask you a question. What's more important to you right now, the stone or the fruits? Of course. Most people answer the fruits. Except for that wise guy in class that was saying, oh, the, the stone. Okay. So the fruits are more important to you. So the fruits that are more important to you, it will make the basket now, I'm allowed to pick up the basket with the fruits and the stones. Even though I'm carrying the stone. It's fine, but on one condition. The one condition is that I tried to get the stone out of the basket and I couldn't for whatever reason. Why? Because maybe the fruits will fall and become dirty and I can't clean it. In such a case, then I, I, I can pick up the basket together with the stone and the fruits. But if the stone is sitting there on top of the basket, I could shake off the mukseh, then I must do that first. I must shake off the mukseh before I take out the, what's it called, before I, I carry the whole thing together. Let's make it a little bit practical. Raw food, raw food, which is inedible, people don't eat it at all, raw, is mukseh mahmad gufo. It's raw. And you're not going to give it to your animal either because you bought it for yourself. Yeah, you're not, you only give the animals things that you're about to throw out, but not raw food. You just haven't come to cook it yet. 
So let's take an example of something raw that people do not eat unless it's cooked. Okay? Uh, it's hard to find, believe it or not, because some people, you'll, you'll be shocked what people could eat and don't eat. So let's say, let's spend more time in the kitchen trying to come up with a mashal. Okay, so I have a basket, you know, under the sink. And over there, I put inside of it, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The sweet potato. The sweet potato, nobody eats raw. I've seen people eat raw, regular raw potatoes. But sweet potato, no, that's, that's too hard. You know, even the dogs won't eat. I'm kidding. But there are people don't eat raw sweet potato. Okay? It's not meant for human food. It's mukse. So I have inside the basket under the sink, I have onions, which could be edible raw as we slice and we put it in the salad, right? And I also have in the same basket, I also have the potatoes. I have like two, three sweet potatoes. So now I need, I'm making a big salad. Can I pick up the whole basket and bring it to the kitchen on, you know, on the kitchen table where I'm going to make my salad? Or must I pick out the onions by themselves? So the Haqqat tells me what I must do is, this is this basket is basis, because clearly I wanted that the potatoes should be there and the onions should be there together for the entire Shabbat. That's its place. So the Haqqat tells me if I want to pick up everything, first I must shake off the sweet potatoes, if I can. I have to shake them off and then bring it, bring the, what's it called, the basket with the onions only to the, what's it called, to the kitchen table. But if I can't shake them under the, the what's called the sink, that's where I have my basket of fruit, of uh, onions and sweet potatoes. I can't shake it over there. Why? Because if I do, all the onions will also fall, will, all the onions will fall out and they'll get ruined. If the onions will also fall out, it's not a problem. Drop everything, flip over the basket, let the onions and the sweet potatoes fall, pick up only the onions. If I could do that, that's what that's Halakha tells me to do. I have to pick up only the onions Put them in a the basket, and now I can carry the basket together with the onions to the kitchen table. Now, this is just a mashal, an example, but this is a very practical example. It does happen a lot, where you want to make a salad. You may have your onions, you may have your, I don't think, cucumbers, but you may have your things that are all together. Some things are mukseh, because they're raw and they're inedible, and other things are not mukseh. So, in that case, um, if I have a basis, I have to shake off the isur first. I have to shake off the isur, taking, you know, remove it, either by take everything out of the basket by just flipping up out the basket or shake it off, and then the basket does not become mukse. Okay, another example. Let's give you another example. If I have a bowl and I have cookies inside the bowl and I also have money inside the bowl. Now, I wanted that the money should be there for Shabbat. Remember, if I never wanted the money to be there for Shabbat, I completely forgot about it. Monday I came... I had some coins in my pocket. I went over to the bowl that has cookies and I just chucked some money inside of it and I forgot about it. That will never make the bowl into a basis. Because remember, the main halakha basis is that I need intention that the mukseh should be there for Shabbat. So now here I forgot, I mean, I put the money out of Shabbat with intention that it should be there for Shabbat. I figured I'm not going to use this bowl and also has cookies inside of it. I come on Shabbat and I look at the bowl and I see, oh, a lot of cookies. And I take out one cookie, which I'm allowed to take, and I'm eating the cookie. And all of a sudden I get, everybody says, hey, where'd you get that cookie from? So the cookie? Uh, who took the cookie from the cookies? Uh, me, of course. I. What do you want? Just bring the whole bowl, share, you know, don't, don't be a, we Jews, we like to share. Bring it to the table. So I can't, there's money inside of it. The money that's inside the bowl, the money that's inside the bowl of the you know, that, that has inside also the cookies, the bowl itself is a basis. What's more important to me right now on Shabbat? Is it the cookies? I'm the owner of the bowl, by the way. Is it my cookies or is it my money? So if I have coins inside of the bowl, the cookies are obviously much more important. Can I pick up the whole bowl with the money inside of it and the cookies, bring it to the table so everybody can have some of my cookies? And the answer is yes. But like we said before, I have to try to first Shake out the mukseh. If it's possible to shake out the mukseh, I must do it in that spot. If it's not possible, I can pick it up that way all the way and bring it to the table and let everybody enjoy the cookies. Once the cookies finish, the coins inside the bowl now, what happens now? What's the The coins inside the bowl? The coins inside the bowl don't make the bowl a basis for the entire Shabbat. But they will make the bowl a basis so long as the coins are on it. Which means, 
If I need this bowl, if I need to use this bowl for something else, I want to put a soup inside of it. So, and I have no other bowl. I must shake out the money. I could shake out the money. And then I'll be, I can use the bowl for whatever I like. The bowl does not have the status of basis when the money is not inside of it. Why? Because it came into Shabbat as something that's a basis of the Asur Mutar. It didn't come as a basis just to the Barha Asur. And like we learned last week, when there's mukse inside of my bowl, when there's money inside of my bowl, and it's not a basis, I can check out the money from it and use the bowl. And the same thing will be here. When I finish my cookies, even though all I have are coins inside of my bowl, the bowl is not a basis. If I need the bowl, I can check out the mukse. I keep on stressing if I need the bowl. What do I mean when I say I need the bowl? This is another halakha. I think Zafir Akiva Egeru says that if a person has another option, you don't need to use a basis. That means in my case over here, I have a bowl. I have inside of it, I have cookies, and inside of it, I have uh, coins. I need the bowl now, okay? So we said, check out the money. But if I have another option, I can use another bowl. Go open the closet, open the other closet. You see another bowl? Take another bowl. Why do you have to use this bowl? If I have another option, instead of the basis, I must take that first. I must go, get the other option, and then come back and use it. Up to now, I think we spoke about, main, you know, we covered pretty much the halakhot of basis, the bata asur mutar. There's some points, though, we'd like to uh, bring out regarding exceptions to the rules of basis. Okay, let's like like this. If something is a klisu bakhtolayater and the, it has inside of a mukse, but the mukse is not made to be there. Le mashal. Okay, my, I have a dresser and the dresser has inside of it, it has, uh, what do you call it? It has drawers and all the drawers are made for my clothing. That's why I bought it for, for my clothing. Money goes in my desk. The drawers are my desk. And I put the money inside of the drawer, thinking I'm going to keep it there for Shabbat. But you know, it's not made for it. It's not made to hold the money. It's, it's in a way, it's made, that's not, it's, this is not its place. It's not made for it. Then it will not become basis. That means somehow, if somebody takes out the money from that drawer, even if it was empty, the drawer will come back, will revert to its status of Kli Sumachtol Another case is when the basis which means this kli that you're putting the mukse on is really part of a bigger client made for that item, also does not become mukse. Give you the case in the halakha that's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, and then I'll give you a practical case. Case is brought down in Shulchan Aruch, you have a door. A door is made to open to let you inside the house and outside the house. So you have these big old fat doors, and in the door itself, there's a slot where your person put a candle there, like a light. So it was lit before Shabbat, and you wanted that the candle should be there, obviously, for the entire Shabbat. The door will not become mukseh, because the door's main function is to open and close, so to allow you to come inside the house or not. So the door is batel to the house. It's not made for the candle. So therefore, even though I put it with intention that it should be there, since the door has a much larger function beyond this candle, the door will not become basis. Even when the mukse is on it, it will not become basis. Same thing would be, le mashal, if you have a closet and you have a door to the closet and on the sides of the closet, there's, you know, some places where you can put things in there and you put some mukse over there with intention that it should be there for Shabbat. The door will not become mukse. Why? Because the door is batel to the bigger closet. It's made for the closet. It's not made for your mukse. This will be applicable also. You have a door to the fridge. And on the side of the door, somebody placed mukse over there. And you have, you know, those shelves on the side of the door. And one of the things over there, one of the shelves on the side of, on, on the door itself, you, somebody placed 100% pure mukse that should be there. The owner placed the mukse that should be there for entire Shabbat. He took those um, sweet potatoes that we spoke about before, and he put them in the fridge. He's the owner. He's a balbait. He wanted to be there for Shabbat. But uh, sweet potatoes are mukse. It's not going to make the fridge mukse, and it's not even going to make the door of the fridge mukse. Because the door is made for the fridge, it's made for other functions, it's batel to the whole thing. And here's one practical, very, very practical case, and that is like this. 
the practical case is, which happens a lot, you have your weekday jacket that you wear, and that weekday jacket works very well in the rain. And then you have your Shabbos jacket, you know, the Shabbos coat that you usually wear for what's it called? Uh, you know, the wool coat, if you're a man or a woman, I'm focusing on men right now, you know, the women will, will understand by themselves. So if I have this wool coat that I wear only on Shabbat, and then the other coat which I usually wear during the weekday, I have a Shabbos coat and a weekday coat. In my weekday coat, I put money. And I wanted it to be there. I didn't forget it there. I put my money inside of it. Over there, I, 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 you know, I trust that nothing's going to happen to me. And I want it to be there for the entire Shabbat. I'm going to wear it back in the weekday. I'm going to remember I have the money inside of it. Now, it's in my pocket. In that case, something happened on Shabbos. I need to use that jacket. I need an extra jacket. My jacket was forgotten in shul. Or the weekday jacket is better for this kind of weather. Whatever it may be. I want to use that jacket. Do we say now that since the jacket has the pockets inside of it, and the pockets there are holding, which I wanted to be there for Shabbat. Can do a nedarim now. There's no such a thing. I wanted the money before Shabbat. I never knew I was gonna, I'm going to use the jacket. Do we say now that the jacket becomes a basis? And the answer is no. Because the pocket is batel. It's, uh, it's, it's part of the, bigger, of the bigger jacket. The whole jacket has pockets on the side. The main thing is a jacket. The pocket is a side thing. Since it's a side thing, although the pocket itself is mukseh, the money inside of it is mukseh, and therefore that pocket is mukseh. I cannot put my hand inside of that, of that pocket. Even somehow the money comes out, that pocket remains mukseh, but the jacket does not become mukseh because the pocket is batil to the jacket. That's an important halakha. However, this is only true in pockets that are made like a jacket pocket where only the edge of the pocket is sewn on and the pocket itself has its own status. It's its own kli. It's like its own pocket, right? It's its own bag. So there we could say we could rule the pocket. We could give the pocket its status in mukseh. That means we could say it's mukseh, it's a basis. And the jacket itself is not best. It's not because it's not going to be batil to it. However, in a case where I have a shirt, and you know, like the regular dress shirts that mostly uh, yeshiva guys and regular guys wear, and the shirt, a lot of shirts have a pocket in the front. Let's say a person put money in there on purpose. Let's say a person put money there on purpose, and now he needs to use that shirt on Shabbat. Since over there, the whole shirt is the pocket. I mean to say, the pocket is not separate from the shirt. It's not two separate entities. The pocket is part of the shirt. So really, the shirt is there holding the money. And when you put the money, you wanted it to be there for Shabbat. There, the shirt becomes basis to the money. And the whole entire shirt is mukseh. Even if you shake out the money from it, the shirt remains mukseh. It's a basis to the barha asur. But again... This is only when the money was placed with intention to be there for Shabbat. It's a very hard case to find, the case of the shirt. Because usually you have your weekday shirt and you have your uh, Shabbat shirt. You're never going to put money in your Shabbat shirt. And if you did put money in your Shabbat shirt, for example, last Moshe Shabbos, you put on the Shabbat shirt. You went out to the pizza store, the guy gave you change and you put it in your pocket. You probably forgot in your pocket. Why would somebody put money in the Shabbat shirt that should be there for Shabbat? Obviously not, right? You, you obviously forgot it. In the case where you forgot money in your shirt, you can just shake out the money from your shirt because it's not basis. You can't wear it like that with the money. Besides the problem of carrying, because it's mukseh. You have to shake out the money first. Now, when it comes to the jacket that has money inside the pocket, in that case, what you could do is shake out the money from the pocket and then wear the jacket. True, the, the, the pocket itself will remain mukseh. But the jacket is not mukseh, but you cannot walk out with the money. You have to shake out the money. Somebody wants to know now, if I'm shaking out the money, what I do? Maybe I'm going to touch it. Touching mukseh is not a problem, especially if your intention is not to touch it. It's the basha eno mitkaven over here. So therefore, shake out the money, and then you'll be able to use a jacket. Even if your intention was that the money should be in that pocket for the entire Shabbat. Why? Like we said before, because the jacket pocket is different from a shirt pocket. The jacket pocket is meant... It's not meant, excuse me. It's sewn on as a separate keli from the entire jacket. Abotai, we're pretty much done with the of, of basis le dabar 
האסור אין בסיס לבעל האסור מותר. We have finished פרשת מקץ ויגש בנשחי שנה שנייה לדיל ולאנטריה הלכות אוף מוקסה. I brought over here six cases which are very very interesting and we can learn a lot from them. We can review a lot of the הלכות אוף מוקסה. And uh, I think it's very very good uh, guide, not just guide I mean, but a practical way of applying the, what, that which we learned. So now we're going to go to the second part of this class before whatever time that we have, I'm looking at the clock right now, we have about 18 minutes and 30 seconds. We're going to use up this time to go over these uh, cases that have come up and try to think along as I bring up the case, what the halakha should be. If you've been following us till now, you should be able to tell me what the halakha should be. And uh, we'll show you how to work out, how to figure out what the case, you know, how to dissect a question that comes up on Mukseh. Let's start with something very simple, and then we'll go a little bit more complicated. A very common case, a person has a bag, what we call a koracha by our circles, or a tefillin bag, where he has his talit and tefillin inside of it. So now this tefillin bag has, it's not really a tefillin bag, it's a talis bag that also has tefillin inside of it. So now a person has the whole talit bag with talit, sidur, and his tefillin. Question is, could he move this tefillin bag? Could he pick it up? Could he move it? That's the question, halakha. When you get such a question, or such a question comes up for you, what you have to do is first ask, why? Why do you want to move the tefillin bag? If you want to move it, first get the whole case. If a guy says, I want to move it because I want to take my tefillin bag to the shul, obviously we're not talking about a problem for you, we're talking about in the same building. You're in the hotel, in the same dining room. You're taking from the dining room to the uh, prayer hall. So in that case, what are you doing? You're picking up the talit and the tefillin together, right? That should be not a problem. I'll tell you why not. I'll tell you in a second. This is how you dissect it. First of all, first of all, we have to basically scan the whole question and figure out what is the mukseh over here, which item is in question that's mukseh, and its status. So in such a question, okay, is it talit mukseh? No. Talit could be worn on Shabbat, right? Is it sidur mukseh? No. Sifre kodesh are never mukseh. Is the bag mukseh, the bag that's containing everything? Well, that will be talui on what's, what is it holding? Tetefilin now. Is tefilin mukseh or not? We saw several opinions. The most stringent opinion holds that tefilin is mukseh because it's a klish mechto le'isur. Okay, so let's go with the most uh, stringent opinion. Tefillin is mukseh because it's a klish makhtol isur. What's halakha by klish makhtol isur? We learned that klish makhtol isur, you're allowed to move it, let's sorech mekomol, sorech gufo. If I need a spot, if I need the place. So if my tefillin bag is on a chair, and I want to sit down in that chair in shul, I'm allowed to pick up the tefillin bag, and once I pick it up in my hand, I can put it down wherever I want, because I want to sit in that spot. If my... I want to, no, I want to move my tefillin bag because I need the talit. So fine, I'm allowed to pick up the whole entire thing because I need that which is inside. It's a klis makhtol, it's right? Which, it's not going to be worse than sol gufo, which is going to be mutar. So I can pick up the whole entire thing and pull out my talit from inside of it. The real question is, I have my talit and tefillin in an area where I just want to pick it up to protect my tefillin. I don't want anything to happen to it. Can I move it or not? That's the question. So we ask, the talit bag, it's containing tefillin and it's holding a sidur and talit. What's more important to you right now on Shabbat? Your tefillin or your, tal- or your talit and sidur? Most people right now, what's more important to me is the sidur and talit. So therefore, it's a clear debara asun mutar. We learned that if it's a clear debara asur mutar, you have to shake off the mukseh first if it's possible. Here, you can shake out the mukseh. Because if you shake out the mukseh, which is a tefillin, it's going to fall on the floor. It's a bizui the tefillin. That's asur. So therefore, in such a case, you're allowed to pick it up altogether since you can't shake out the mukseh, the tefillin, and you're allowed to move it wherever you want to move it to. But if you can tell me, no, 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 hold on. All I have is a sidur and my tefillin inside So it's a klis makhtole isur. It's a basis of klis makhtole isur. Okay? And the tefillin is more important to you. So in that case, what would be the halakha? 
Is it mutar to move it to Gufo Yes, but over here it's not to Gufo Mkomo. I'm doing it only for the protection of the Tefillin. So here we'll tell you that you should create, you should create a reason they should be able to move the Tefillin bag. How? Let's say it's on a chair. Decide that you want to use that chair. Once you want to use the chair, so you're allowed to pick up the Tefillin bag to be able to sit on it. And once you pick it up in your hand, you'll have to put it down wherever you want, carry it to wherever you want, and place it there. That's how you should analyze the question that comes up to you. Always scan what is the question here? What is the mukseh? What kind of status does it have from the categories of mukseh? Which category does it fall under? And what is the halakha for that category? And then you'll know how to operate. Here's another question, a little bit more complicated, a little bit more complicated, but it happened to me. It's, I think it's very, very interesting. I had an envelope with 12 checks inside of it. So, you know, they, they have this new app. It's not new, you know. For me, everything is new. It's very cool. First time I'm saying it on, on, on air, so it's, it's new. You know, it's new to this class. Anyway, they have this app where it's like a Chase or HSBC, one of those bank apps. And from the app, you could um, deposit a check directly. So as a result, all the checks, you know, once upon a time, you got a check, you gave it to the bank, you never saw that check again. Maybe you'll see it in a picture. And, you know, you remember how it looks like. But to be able to live together with the check again, ah, that is only possible with this new technology that you're able to deposit a check and still retain the check. In any case, let's come back to our case. I have an envelope. I had 12 checks inside of it. 10 checks were deposited. Two were not deposited. Let's make up a number. Let's say each check was $200, $500 each. Okay, now the other checks are already deposited. What happened is on Shabbat, the envelopes, the envelope which contained all the 12 checks fell. And now in the middle of my dining room table, I had checks all over the floor. What's the halakha? Now, let me tell you what I want. I couldn't care less about the deposited checks. As you know, it would be nice maybe to retain them just, you know, in case somebody asks us about it. But the other two checks with the $500, that's $1,000 right there. And with my children, a $500 check is as good as a $1 Monopoly uh, paper. Understand? It means nothing to them. They're going to rip it up if they, or they're going to use it as a paper airplane and uh, let it go flying into the neighbor's backyard. And my neighbor will have a $500 check, you know? So I'm going to lose it. Um, and it's, uh, so now, this is what I want. I want to be able to save those two checks. I couldn't care less about the other checks. Halakha is, what could I do here on Shabbat? Obviously, I can't pick it up. It's mukseh. Check is exactly like money. It's mukseh Muhammad gufo. It has no intrinsic value. It's only valuable because we decide to give it a value. So now, that this is how you analyze the question. First of all, what's the subject? The checks? Give it, the, categorize it. What kind of mukseh is it? Like we just said, it's mukseh Muhammad gufo. All the mukseh Muhammad gufo. The two checks that are not deposited and the ten checks that have been deposited. So what could I do? So can I sweep them? Can I sweep them? So sweeping them means I'm using a broom, which is kilish heter, to move the mukseh. Is that mutar? What that is known in halakha, as we discussed last week or two weeks ago, that's known as tiltul min hatsad. Tiltul min hatsad is mutar only letzorek dabar mutar. Here I'm taking the broom, and I'm sweeping the checks away. Is that mutar or not? So it's only mutar if I'm doing it for something that is permitted on Shabbat. If I'm sweeping the checks, let's say, for example, I spot the two checks I want, I, I sweep the checks that I want, the two checks I want, inside of my closet will be safe. That's asur. I'm using a broom, a klishmak to move mukseh for the sake of the mukseh. I want to protect the mukseh. That's asur. Tutum natsad. For the sake of the checks will be asur. But if I'm sweeping the other 10 checks, I will put them in the garbage because I couldn't care less about them. I'm sweeping them because I don't want my, uh, my dining room on Shabbat to look like a mess. I want to clean it up. So there, it's called the tumnatsad, like the broom. Moving the mukseh, I'm using the broom to move the mukseh. Let's talk about mutar. Why? To make my living room clean. I may even, maybe it's possible that it could be graf sharai, but it's probably not the graf sharai. But I have the heter of the two munhatsad. Regarding the other checks, obviously I can't pick it up with my hand. I can't even use a broom to move it. The only thing I could do if I want to protect the checks 
is move it with my foot. That's called tiltul begufo. Tiltul begufo afilu letzorech dabar ha'asur is mutar. Even for the sake of the checks, I want to use my foot and just kick it or drag it to a safe spot. Even though I'm doing it for the protection of the check, it's mutar. Why? Tiltul begufo. It's not the normal way of moving the check. Usually you move checks with your hands. And when's the last time you saw somebody deposit a check with his foot, even the ATM machine? And if he does, take a picture. Show it to us. It'll be, we'll put it on the America's uh, Wildest Shows or something, you know? Any case, so that's why Totu Begufo, will, in that case, will be Mutar. Good? That's, uh, we learned some interesting halakhot in that. Another question, which has come up many, many times, I've gotten phone calls on, uh, and then a few people called me for this question on from this class and uh, away from this class. It's like this. People have a cell phone and they use the cell phone as alarm clock on Shabbat. And they want to now move it on Shabbat. What's a din? What's a halakha? So here it's a little bit more complicated because you have to ask a few questions. You have to get the full story. A cell phone that's used as an alarm clock. The question, the first question I want to know is is this cell phone before i decide what category the cell phone is going to fall under is this cell phone a working cell phone or not working for cell phone i mean to say do you is this the only thing they use your cell phone for only as an alarm clock or do you use the cell phone no to make calls it's like my regular you know like most people's regular phone they just have an alarm on their regular phone let's take the simpler case let's say this cell phone it's a regular cell phone. It's a functioning, it's a working cell phone. And now I put my alarm on it to wake me up. It usually wakes me up every single day at 7. And now I want it to wake me up on Shabbat also at 7 o'clock. So, but the only thing is, so what's the question? Oh, the question is, two questions. Number one is, I decide to sleep in a separate room. Can I pick up my cell phone and put it in the other room? Question number two is, let's say the cell phone rings at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, obviously, I can't shut it off. question is, can I, I want to sleep later. You know, I want to go to the later minion on, on, on Shabbat. I want to go to the 9 o'clock minion. So I want to get a little bit more snoozing. So can I take the cell phone and transfer it to a different room, pick it up and move it to a different room so this way it doesn't bother me? Those are the two questions. Believe it or not, that's a little bit simpler to answer. So let's go through each, each case. First case is where it's a working cell phone and I'm using it as an alarm clock. Let's categorize the cell phone. What kind of cell phone is this? Is this for sure isur? Because the main function of a cell phone is to use it for something that's asur on Shabbat, which is calling. By the way, all that Shabbat app app is nonsense. Okay, it means nothing. You can't, you can't use it for that. So the cell phone is a klishmachtol isur for sure. If it's a very, very expensive and not expensive but if the cell phone is very important to you that you're very careful with it and what you do with it which usually happens when you get the brand new smartphone like an iPhone 6s and you just upgraded for the first couple of weeks or months it could possibly even be that's even more severe if it's books let's go with let's say you have a very high cell phone to you it is nothing to talk about you can't move it the only way you can move it is in an abnormal way. Pick it up with your toes, of course, in a way that you're not going to put it on, whatever it was, in a way that uh, you're not carrying it normally, but it's, you're only doing begufo. If it's a cell phone, that's not so important to you. It could be a smartphone, but just not so hashubi. You, can, you know, it's not, you lost that, it lost that status of importance. So it's only klisbaktol isur but you're still using it to call and to use it as an alarm. So in the case where, you, where it rings and you want it out of the room, we learned that Poskim bring down, if I can't use a makom because of the so then I'm allowed to move it because that's called In the case where the alarm is ringing, I can't fall asleep because the alarm is ringing. To pick up the cell phone, which is and move it out of the room is mutar because that allows me to use the room. However, in the other case, which is the case where I want to use the cell phone to wake me up. That's already a little different. I'm now using the cell phone. I'm, let's say, 
bedroom number one is where my cell phone is. I want to move it to bedroom number two. And I needed to wake up. I needed to wake up. There's no other way to wake up. I only could, this is the only thing, the alarm that's on. So in that case, let's go back. It's a Klis Bechtole Isur. And it's Mutal, it's Sargufo Mekomo. What am I using it for now? I'm using it right now as an alarm clock. Can I move it now, even though I'm going to sleep? Or, you know, so the question is, when do you want to move it? You want to move it at 7 o'clock? That's called the Gufo. Since I'm using it on Shabbat to wake me up, which is mutar, to allow the alarm to wake me up, it's mutar. So technically it will be mutar to pick up the cell phone right before I go to sleep. You can't do it any time because throughout the whole Shabbat, the cell phone has a status of Kriyus Makhtol Isur. Just for that moment when I need a Litzor Gufo, which is before I go to sleep, I'm allowed to pick up the cell phone, of course, without putting on any lights, and place it next to my bed. Now, if this is true, I have a home in a case where a person's cell phone is not functional, it's not being used, and he only uses it as an alarm clock. So this is like any other alarm clock. This is Talu in the Mahlokit between Moshe and other Ahronim. If something functions through electricity, does it have the status of Klish Mahtol Isur or Klish Mahtol Heter? Ramoshe Feinstein's opinion is it's Klish Mahtol Leheter. Just because it works by uh, electricity, we don't care how it works. We care more of what its function is. The function of self of this cell phone now, and I've been using it for the last week or two, is to wake me up. It's an alarm clock. Alarm clock is mutar, even though it works with electricity. So technically, I'm allowed to move it on Shabbat. Now, why do I keep on saying technically? I'll tell you why. Because there's a very important unwritten halakha. And that is, you're not allowed to do strange things in front of people. If you move a cell phone on Shabbat, because you know the halakha is mutar because I'm using it as an alarm clock, and there's enough poskim that are matirit, other people who don't know this halakha will look at it as strange, and you're not allowed to do strange things in front of people that will uh, learn the wrong thing. If you're a rabbi where people look at you, and when they see a heter by you, they might be more mekir, more lenient. So therefore, we're sharing this halakha with you because many people have asked this question, but you have to be smart when doing these kind of things, not to do in front of people where they could pick up has some the wrong halakha. Now we only went through three cases over here. I had six cases, but like we said, this is the last class on Hilchot uh, Mukseh. We are here. We're going to be here for the next couple of minutes. If you would like to call in to the radio, to Jayroot uh, Radio, to ask any questions, the number is 718-683-5858. We'll be off the air. Just before we go, we'd like to make a l'chaim. We have, uh, Baruch Hashem, we finished L'chod Mukseh. Finally, it's been, I don't know if it's a year or not. Next week, we're going to do one more class on L'chod Shabbat. Well, it's going to be a surprise. Make sure you join us next week. And afterwards, we'll go in the halakhot of the holidays. Uh, if you're watching the video, this is not really vodka or arak or anything. It's just water. I don't drink. so But I have to make a l'chaim, so I took water, you know. We're going to make a l'chaim together, which will be zochem v'azat Hashem, to learn all the l'chot Shabbat and l'zkot l'lmod u'lamed l'shmor v'l'asor l'kayim et kol d'bret ratcha be'ahaba. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. V'azat Hashem. Thank you, David, Levine, and Iran and Rav Nisim, and the whole J-Root Radio staff. This class will be aired on again tonight at 10 o'clock. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, and Shabbat Shalom.